Welcome to What's a Beautiful Life Anyway. I'm your host, Jill Bennett. This is the channel that shares ideas to help you live your best life. Because life can be beautiful if you live consciously. Welcome to this week's edition of What's a Beautiful Life Anyway. With me today, I've got Sarah Holdcroft. Sarah is a publisher for business owners, coaches, speakers, and novelists, creating the book that you've always dreamed of. Welcome, Sarah. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Jill. Oh, it's, it's good to be lovely. here. Yeah, it's good <laughs> to see you. I still love your backdrop. Wonderful. I feel like I'm in a forest with you. We're recording in a forest today. We are. We are. <laughs> uh, Sarah, you've got a fantastic business. Sarah founded Goldcrest Books. And she's been working with authors for many, many years. You've got a background of sales and marketing as well as publishing. You're tech savvy. You're an avid reader. So you can bring a new perspective to the publishing process. And I know you run writing workshops and publishing programs, which have all been very well received. And you're often asked to speak at live events, writer's days, webinars and Facebook lives. You also have a great team of experts behind you and between you all you have we tried to sort of work out a figure but we'll just say many years of experience many years yeah (laughs) so if there's anyone out there looking to publish possibly for the first time and you're unsure how to go about it or what to do next or you just want some more specialized help then you are the person to go to you'd be in great hands with Goldcrest Books so in the show notes, we'll have all of Sarah's details and you'll be able to get in touch with her. Or even if you've got a little niggling idea in your brain of a book that you'd like to write, <laughs> Sarah's the person you need to go to. Now, today, Sarah and I are going to talk about a really fascinating story that um, I was at, an, at a networking event with Sarah and she told us all this story the other day. But first of all, tell us how you got into publishing. <laughs> well, it's a bit by accident, really, because I, I'd been um, a, a PA for years and years. And uh, when I became a single mum, I became a VA right at the beginning of the industry. And I spent most of my time telling everybody what a VA was, to be quite <laughs> frank. But, um, but I was looking for a niche. And um, I came across a training program for VAs to work with authors. So I went on this training course and then it opened up all sorts of ideas and I started doing all these other things and just started working with uh, at that point just coaches and, and authors and then gradually as my name got around um, I started working exclusively just for authors and then on one day one of my long-standing authors I, I still work with her now uh, said to me well why, why don't you actually become a publisher because you basically do everything a publisher does so instead of being a VA for authors I became Goldcrest Books. <laughs> That's an amazing story isn't it such a good story and and yeah I think you know what do they say when the student's ready the teacher arrives or whatever it is but you're right you had yeah. all the experience and it was yeah. something you loved and you loved books. So no, I think that's a great story. And you've got a good book, actually, we should mention here on how to, <laughs> is it how to publish or? How do I publish, how do I publish my book? Yes. It's actually called How Do I Publish My Book? Yes. And I got another ebook, which is How Do I Start Writing My Book? Uh, oh, I might send for that. <laughs> I keep planning my book, but that's as far as I've got is planning my book. So I'm uh, sure I'll be working with you in the future. <laughs> 
maybe maybe as a result of doing the podcast now I'll be able to write my book yeah absolutely (laughs) oh well I'll post the links up to both those books in the show notes so anyone interested in those can can get those um I've heard it said that we've all got a book inside of us do you agree Sarah um yeah I yes I think probably we we do whether we I think the large majority of us don't end up actually writing it if you look at the stats Mm. um I certainly I mean people have said to me why why don't I write fiction and I know I don't have a fiction book in me I've got business books in me but I do not have a novel in me but I just love reading everybody else's (laughs) so it's fine (laughs) but yeah and, and a number of my authors have come to uh publishing after they've retired they've been teachers or something like that and they've retired and then suddenly they find that they have the time and they want to write and the, the characters, the books are just there. Yeah, yeah. My brother-in-law, Wonderful. funny enough, he he's written a few books, um, one about climbing Kilimanjaro to overcome depression, one on wow. climbing Mount Kenya. And he's just published another book, his fourth, and it's called The Quiet Vet because he worked as a farm vet for years. And this is full of, you know, stories from the farming world. So, yeah. <laughs> and you're right. He's retired now and it's, you know, all these books are coming out of him. So it's great. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever had anyone you really couldn't help with a book? <laughs> well, I, I was approached by somebody um, I can't actually tell you the details because of <laughs> confidentiality but um, it, it would be a name that people would know but okay. I decided that I wasn't very keen on the content so oh. I, I had to um, uh, uh, send that particular person uh, elsewhere. Okay. <laughs> very discreet you're being very discreet. Sarah. More I can't say. <laughs> But mostly, yeah, I I will publish. I mean, the important thing is that the content sits right with me because I don't feel like mm. a publisher, particularly these days, I've got much more um, discerning. And and if I don't feel right with the content, I, I'm not sure that I would want to, to actually publish. Yeah, yeah, no, that's great. That's yeah. great. And, you know, you've got that, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, discretion in you that you you know you don't just publish for the sake of publishing that you want to be at peace and yeah yeah whatever you're publishing that's great that's great now moving on to what we really want to talk about here because (laughs) obviously in life we all want to be happy and we want to have our best life um and that's what my podcast is all about you know what's a beautiful life and how can we live it um and you recently did a talk at an event I was at um, where you talked about your friend Jill. How did you and Jill meet? Uh, well, originally she was she was one of my authors, and um, we kind of just clicked really, and we got on so well together. And then uh, I remember I went to stay with her. I used to go to the the London Book Fair, and she lived in London, so I, used to, I went to stay with her while the fair was on and I visited the fair and then we had such a fantastic time together but we yeah we just got on really well so we kind of crossed that barrier between sort of client and and friend Mm, mm, but originally yeah we we worked together okay and tell us a bit more about Jill's background (laughs) well 
she was for many years a palliative nurse. And uh, that was kind of her her passion. She she talked about that a lot. And uh, she, in fact, she wrote two books on that. And and um, I'm not sure they're still in print, to be honest, because it's a long time ago now. But to help people deal with sort of illness in the home and that kind of thing. Yeah. 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 Okay, so she'd been surrounded quite a lot of, with with things related to death and dying. Yes, yeah, yeah. And and so she did. I mean, tell us the story about what happened towards the end of of her life. Uh, well, she she chose to decide when she was going to leave this earth, and um, so she she did go to Switzerland to end her life as she was 75 and um, basically pretty well you know she didn't have a terminal illness Um, but she basically she wanted to kind of go while she was on top I mean she'd been surrounded by death all her her career and she used to say to me she she wasn't frightened by it and she said when she she was with her pair her patients when it got to that that moment when they passed she said it was a, a beautiful moment and you just saw all the the stresses and strains and they had such a beautiful peaceful face so she said well you know I'm not worried by it I think probably like a lot of us she was more worried about being disabled in some way and and suffering I think that's which obviously none of us want (laughs) none of us want (laughs) no no we don't want to be a burden on anyone do we at all no so she um had been a little bit ill hadn't she in a for a few years yeah she had shingles which meant that she couldn't I mean, she used to say to me, I can't garden as long as I want to now and and that kind of thing. But she was still, you know, mentally alert and all the rest of it. So Mm -hmm. to I think to people probably listening to this, that that might be quite a a shock that she would choose that moment um, to to end her life. Yeah. Yeah. How long had she she had a partner, didn't she? How long had she been with him? Um, oh, quite a while, I think. Yeah. So, and and her sort of close family and friends knew really what she wanted, but obviously she couldn't tell anybody when she was actually going to go because it's yeah. basic not not kind of legal. I mean, it was it was in all the papers actually. She was in the papers, and and there was a bit of a media frenzy for a while. Yeah. How did he feel about it? Well, I think, like like me as well. I mean, we kind of respected her decision because, after all, it is, you know, it's it's her life. And I think, um, you know, as her partner or or as her friend, if if we truly care about her, then we we have to respect her wishes on this. I think. Yeah. Yeah. So. How much of the whole process of going to Dignitas did you understand? I mean, I don't even know how it works. Do you have to visit them first or do you? Yeah, you have to, you have to go um, a couple of days or so beforehand 
and they kind of vet you to make sure that you are fully you know exactly what you're going to be doing basically and all the time they they are repeating and then once they they sort of set you all up with the the lethal injection and all the rest of it again you're asked whether you know what you're doing and whether you know that I think there's some kind of obviously I haven't actually been there myself no. but, <laughs> but Jill Jill had been she had accompanied other people who were um terminally ill when when the family didn't just didn't feel able to be there she went in their place so she she knew she she seen it all and, she, and apparently there's a sort of a button you push and you have to say uh and then um her partner told me afterwards that yeah she said yes I know I'm going to die and then push the button and then mm. poof, off you go kind of thing. <laughs> it's so hard to imagine, isn't it? It what is. That, really. Um, and it many is. people listening might feel that it's wrong. How did you feel? Well, I think obviously in Jill's case, uh, I respected her decision and uh, I was happy with that and I could kind of I can kind of understand it I mean having seen members of my own family suffer dreadfully mm. um I I I wouldn't actually want to wish that on anyone and I I would hope that maybe maybe I would have the courage to do something like this as well but I don't know whether I don't know I don't know whether I would Mm. to be honest it's a really difficult one it is a difficult one in our family we've talked about it so I know my mum who now has Alzheimer's and um she's crippled with arthritis so she can't walk so she has to be in a care home and I know from conversations I've had with her in the past she would not want to be there she has no Mm. quality of life she doesn't know what's going on she she sometimes she knows I'm a daughter because she's got three daughters Um, And sometimes she doesn't, but she can never remember my name or the fact that I'm married or Mm. got children. And I know she wouldn't want to be there. So it's almost like we do need a change in the law. But it's obviously got to be done in such a way that, you know, I I mean, mum would have made a living will saying if I'm in this situation, I don't want to I don't want to be here because I know she would have made that. and I know it works in so many places, uh, Holland, Sweden, Switzerland. There are so many European mm. countries where it's allowed. And I think, yeah, I think it would mm. be a good thing here because I know I'd make a living will that if I ended up, you know, with dementia or Alzheimer's and I really didn't know anybody anymore, I wouldn't want to be around. I don't, it no. would be such a burden on people, wouldn't it? It's um, mm. Yeah. Mm. It would. And it's, yeah, it's about quality of 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 life isn't it yeah. and and Jill said to me you know she'd had a fantastic life she was she was very happy and she felt she'd achieved everything she wanted to do she had no regrets at all which obviously was something that I spoke about in, in the, t- the talk the fact that you know you can get to that point in your life and you and you can say well I've got no regrets I've done everything I want to do yep I think I think I'm ready to go 
Yeah. I mean, it's amazing. <laughs> it is amazing because we generally hear the opposite, don't we? There have been books, and I wish I could remember one of the authors now, but there's been books written by nurses in palliative care where they talk to patients when they're about to pass. And most of what people talk about are regrets. Mm. I wish I'd worked mm. less or I wish I'd done more. Or I wish I hadn't fallen out with a family member or whatever. So I guess it's much better to go when you know you haven't got any regrets than as most people do that that, that they have regrets yeah yeah absolutely yeah yeah so um it is a strange thing to have done um but it worked for her and yeah as her friend I I respect her wishes Yeah. yeah yeah you respected her wishes and I know it's not for us to judge but do you actually feel what she did was right? I mean, it was certainly right for her. And I do I do feel that we should have the choice to be able to, to do this. Yeah, yeah. To be honest. I mean, I know that there are some that say, okay, well, any kind of suicide is is not right. But I think. I think it all boils down to choice at the end of the day. It's not for everybody, obviously. And for most people, it wouldn't be. But I think for the few who feel that they have, they are content and they do want to go or or they are suffering, then I, I I tend to feel that we are a little bit behind with our rules. Yeah. And I think it's, um, where you can plan it like that. I mean, I know of a few cases quite close to home where um, people have committed suicide and then you've mm. got the whole shock on the family. Whereas if someone can express their wish not to continue, we can mm. intervene more and we can get them the help that they need and talk about problems. So I, I know this wouldn't take away all of that because it's it's people in desperation who... Um, who do that, who do actually commit suicide. But it's, you know, it would be a starting point if, if people, especially those who commit suicide because they are ill, um, mm-hmm. it would be a way for us to maybe have a, a nicer end to a life where someone has a terminal illness. And I know a friend of a friend, um, a Dutch friend of mine, her friend in Holland, her husband had been a doctor for his whole life and he just retired and within a few months, he knew something wasn't right. And he, um, after a while, he said to his wife, I think I've got motor neurons. And he'd seen people suffer with motor neurons and how oh. awful it was. And he chose to be euthanized because he said, I, I've seen it. I'm not going there. And mm. very quickly after diagnosis, that's what happened. Um, and, you know, again, she respected his wishes it, and, and it, it does seem kinder, doesn't it? If you know, we don't let our yeah. animals suffer. Exactly. That's what I, you know, I, I, I don't have any qualms about having a, one of my animals put to sleep. I'd rather that than them suffer when, yeah. when there is going to be no good ending anyway. Yeah. But yeah, um, yeah. <clears throat> we couldn't do that. We couldn't do that with yeah. my family members. I and mean, my father suffered a lot. And he was kept alive all the time. Yeah. He was he was kept alive when it, whereas if he was allowed just to 
We were so flipping old. Goodness knows. I mean, if it hadn't stopped working, it had fallen off. I mean, you know. <laughs> so, uh, and he he didn't he didn't really want to be here. But yeah. it was as if the medical profession had a a duty to keep him alive at whatever cost. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not sure that that's yeah. It's it's the difficult position that therein so it, it would need to be some kind of legal thing would have to yes. change I think yes and it would have to be you know us writing the living will yeah. saying yeah you know if this happened I'd be okay but if this happened I wouldn't you, it would yeah. have to be really specific to allow it to happen but I yeah. definitely think you're right we're behind the times and um uh, things need to change really but that's probably yeah. very very deep philosophical <laughs> conversation it is, isn't it <laughs> for, for this for, for my podcast which is normally all light and, and uplifting <laughs> but I think it is something that is important we talk about on the yeah so on the idea of going back to your books let's just say to people if someone has got a book idea in their heads and they want to talk to someone they can contact you and you'll have a chat with them Yes, I would be happy to um, talk to them and, and, yeah, see how it goes from there. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. Well, I'm sure in the future we may see a little book about um, Jill and her, her life experiences. So we'll look forward to that one, Sarah. We shall. <laughs> but, you know, just thank you so much for chatting to us today. Fascinating topic. And, um, yeah, thank maybe you. one we'll come back to later on. Thank you. Thanks, Jill. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thanks for listening and tune in again on Monday for the next episode.